podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Welcome to Chesi Hour. Brought to you by Touchline Fracas. My name's Ife. I'll be your host for the evening, um, for today, or for the pod, whenever you're listening to this. Um, I've got two fantastic guests, you know, the regulars. We've got Joe. How you doing, bro? Yeah, really good, man. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. And Jay, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all good, my brother. All good, man. Good. I know it's it's Ramadan, so I know you're probably fasting. Well, have you broken your fast yet? When did you break yeah. it? Now, to be honest, I'm not even fasting today, to be fair. I'll be oh honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yes. When Yas hears this, he's going to be riffing me. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be on you. Yas yeah, is going to be on you. But um, there's a couple of things we want to get through today. Um, as you guys are probably aware, um, Chelsea were linked with this player um, in January. Um, that's Dries Mertens. Because um, we were looking, we were quite goal shy um, and over reliant on Tammy. So the Dries Mertens links have reappeared, reemerged. I don't know if they're rehashed from January, but I'd, I'd hope not because I, I I like him as a player and I think he will be very useful to us. Um, what do you guys? What are you guys like initial thoughts on on Mertens? I know you both seen him play. I'm not not sure how how often you've seen him play, but. What would your thoughts be on the signing? And, you know, with Pedro looking out the door, and we're not really quite sure about William, we'll get on to him um, a little bit later on, but what are your thoughts on, on the signing? I think it'll be a free signing, 32 years of age. What are your thoughts? Anyone? Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, um, to be honest, like with Mertens, I, I haven't watched him a lot. I think like most of the time when I've seen him play, it's been majority of it, it's been in the Champions League. Um and like a few times for Belgium I've seen him play as well. I'm not gonna lie, a lot of the time when I've seen him, he, he has looked he has looked quite decent and he has looked to like pose a threat a lot of the time when he's on the pitch. But yeah. um in terms of his his like his style of play now, in terms of like I know Yas was telling me last week that um his style of play has changed quite a lot to what he used to be where he was like he was quite dominantly like a wide player and now he's more known for you know being um obviously a striker but where yeah. you'd think he's that kind of striker that runs into spaces a lot and and you know uses his pace yes is kind yeah. of telling me the opposite and people have told me the opposite as well saying that he's a he's a really good finisher in the box he's well aware 
he's like um his reactions in terms of like you know when when the ball drops to him he's 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 really good and really sharp so in terms of him being a free free signing and obviously looking at what he's done the last couple of seasons i think it is a it's a great signing if we can get him in I think the other reason why it's a great signing as well is because it doesn't put too much pressure on Tammy in terms of obviously having a young striker coming in and him having to worry about, you know, what his position is going to be like in the next three, four years. So I don't know. Like, I think it is a very, very good business move. I think um, money-wise, it's obviously very good, especially in the, in the pan- like during this pandemic at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I've heard that he's a, he's really good at the dressing room as well. So a lot of the, a lot of the signs for for Mertens in terms of him coming to Chelsea, they look really good. And I think obviously there there will be a few things for Tammy to obviously learn from him as well in terms of um, you know playing up top and maybe you know that part of his game where he is trying to get in behind and stuff like that. Maybe you know maybe Mertens might might be able to to teach him a couple of things in 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 terms of that. But yeah, all in all, I think it is a it is a, a signing that is more than welcomed by a lot of the fans. He is an interesting player because, again, like you said, that you, you'd kind of assume or, or believe that he'd be this, this pacey attacker that's always looking to run in behind. But he does find the pocket quite well. Um, one of his best traits is actually staying on the last shoulder. He isn't necessarily as rapid as he used to be, but his movement is excellent. And that's one thing that you could always talk about, Mertens, that his movement is excellent and... He does work quite hard, um, for especially for an attacker. He, he works pretty hard, and he always occupies the spaces. So he's always going to be a threat and always going to find space to get his shots off. Um, and yeah, he's a very good finisher, a very very good finisher, very accomplished finisher. So, Joe, what do you think? I mean, Chelsea are kind of going into this this direction of just the youth directive again. I think we're trying to we're, we're going back to Okay, 25s and under. But this kind of seems like a curveball mm. away from what we're used to. Um, what are your thoughts on Mertens? And especially this signing in particular, just going for someone of a bit more experience than the norm. I think it's, it's certainly an interesting move because if, if we are losing Pedro and potentially William, then, then that kind of front line looks incredibly inexperienced in terms of just sort of seniority, really. I mean, it all kind of depends sort of really with, with Giroud, uh, what's sort of going on there. But with um, with Mertens, I mean, you've got a guy who comes in with a ton of experience, both internationally, Champions League, and certainly sort of top-level experience in Italy. And I think, you know, even as someone who's very, very pro-youth and pro sort of giving young players a chance, I do like having um, a kind of an experienced player in the kind of room to, to sort of guide some of the, the younger players. And I think that probably, for me, is is coming from, from Lampard. You know, this is a guy who often speaks about the, the senior figures when he came into Chelsea, the Desais of this world and people of that that sort of ilk who would take some yeah. of the younger players under their wing and kind of show them the ropes and give them sort of that some of that knowledge that they've kind of accrued over their career. So I think mm-hmm. I could probably see it certainly being something from Lampard that he wants a good mixture of of young, talented players, but Mertens as well. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, in the past four seasons, the, the lowest league total, okay, sort of this season's been a bit interrupted, but, you know, 16 league goals, 18 league goals, 28 league goals. You know, I mean, yeah. this, this is a guy who, even if that, that production halves, I think he's probably a, a 8, 9, 10 goal a season player. Yeah. in the Premier League at this point. And, and given, you know, it's, we're, we're going to go and talk about William and, and potentially um, Pedro's goals. I mean, he, 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 for me, can match their output by himself. I think he's he's a different kind of centre-forward. Um, I think sometimes Chelsea have maybe missed that sort of like the kind of intelligence, smaller forward. I'm not going to sort of compare him to Aguero as a, as a player, but in that kind of mould, you know, sort of find the pocket yeah. space 
and I think as you said, he's a, he's a great finisher as well. For me, on a three, the experience he brings, um, you know, kind of his still ability to score goals, I think. But I mean, the question will be obviously at 32 coming into the Premier League. That's that's a pretty big adaptation. So, you know, yeah, I mean, you'd have to think he'd hopefully hopefully do well. But I mean, the adaptation would be something that I would. The only thing that really would be a, a slight red flag for me at this point in his career. Yeah, it's a, it's a big ask, but at the end of the day. At 32, on a free, what have you got to lose, really and truly? Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's very, um, it's one of those things where you, I struggle to find a fault in the deal, considering we're definitely actively looking to sell Mitchie this summer, um, as well as Giroud might be question marks as well in the future. I know there's been murmurs about him signing a new deal, but again, that might just be signing just for Chelsea to get a slightly bigger fee, but I'm not quite sure how that one's going to be working out. But I do know for sure that Michi is, is probably going to be moving on. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good signing. I'm, I'm trying to find the, the, the negative points. Um, it's, it's pretty much a free hit, really and truly, especially if we're um, getting rid of, Pe- well, not re-signing Pedro, getting rid of Michi, and potentially getting rid of William. I'm uh, I'm struggling to find the bad points of the deal. Um, but again, it's all about if he wants to come. Um, I know he's got offers elsewhere. Um, and are Chelsea uh, uh, an attractive club like we used to be? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. So he might have better offers elsewhere and he might just end up going to another club. And then again, that will. St- I think that will kind of make the club rethink not just transfer targets, but also about giving people or trying to get people to sign new deals. Um, because I, I think as much as William or well, less so Pedro, but as much as William, we don't really mind if he leaves. I think the club are almost like, well, we've tried. If and I, I think it's not a, it's not a thing where I feel like the club are they've they've given him a deal, they've offered him a deal, and it's not like, okay, you've rejected that deal. That's it. All deals are off the table now. I think they might bend just a bit if Mertens, for example, or one of their targets don't doesn't um, come to the club. I think they might just maybe tweak and bend a little bit for William um, than they otherwise would have done, if you know what I mean. But yeah, but yeah speaking of William... Um, I want to touch on him for a little bit because on this pod, people say that we are quite criti- uh, critical of William. Um, and rightly or wrongly, I, I, for me personally, I feel like a lot of the criticism that he's, he's faced has um, has been warranted. But if this is his final season, half season, whatever, how do you guys rate his impact um, from when he joined? Um, just like if you're trying to assess it season by season yeah. and overall... How do you think his, how do you think, how would you rate his signing out of 10? And yeah, his overall impact um, and he's he stood the test of time. So there's been a lot of players that have been in his position or been around um, the club and he's outlasted them. So take all things into consideration when you're kind of assessing <laughs> him <laughs> and since he joined the club. So Joe, where, where are you at with him? I mean, if I'm if I'm sort of taking a bit of an objective look at him, I, I think it was actually quite hard to judge because I think when Chelsea bought him, I think we bought him when he was primarily playing as a left winger. And I think mm. part of the reason that he's never really 
had um i mean he's had some really great fantastic games and kind of patches of form for chelsea but never have really had a consistently fantastic sort of uh or perception in terms of his career is that he's been mm. played as a kind of a traditional right winger pretty much the entire time because obviously he's been playing with with Eden hazard and i think this is a guy who's remember sort of thinking about watching him at Shakhtar Donetsk. I mean, he had a ton of assists there. He wasn't maybe the most prolific in terms of goal scoring, but as a creative player, um, you know, he was sort of almost approaching double digit sort of assists kind of in terms of the season on season performances he had before joining Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a little bit when we signed him, we were kind of, maybe Chelsea were thinking that the the kind of the player would translate from left to right. And and that would be how it was. But, you know, we, we we see guys who play from the left-hand side or right through to two's game. He's based on cutting inside and either shooting or, or creating. And I think that is what William was as a player. Um, mm-hmm. I always find that probably some of his better games to Chelsea came when Hazard was out or playing as a 10 and he was playing on the left wing. So I think maybe if, if we're trying to give him kind of a little bit of a, a caveat to maybe why his form wasn't sort of as dominant as maybe people would have expected when we signed him, I think that people often forget that we did buy him as a left winger. Um, but I mean, then, you know, you sort of look at the player that Chelsea did get. And I mean, a, a guy who I think maybe only scored over five Premier League goals, maybe twice, maybe two times in, in seven seasons for, for a guy that, you know, when you see him on it and playing well, he's super, super talented. He's had some really, really, really high level games to Chelsea. And when you see that and then you see a guy who I think in one campaign scored two Premier League goals, scored three Premier League goals, it, it doesn't really tally up in terms of the, the level of ability that I think he has. Yeah. It's a little bit like Ross Barkley in some cases, you know. They've got a, a pretty high ceiling, but never really kind of replicated. And I think that probably is the is the, the one thing that will that will kind of remain with him is that the output that he had as a as a player playing in a fairly attacking team at times, you know, the, the goal output was never really there. And even sort of the assists, you know, were, were never yeah. really kind of there as well from playing from the right. I mean, I, I would say probably the, the one positive that I will say of him is that when Chelsea have had bad seasons, I think he when we finished tenth and then and sixth and we've we've not played particularly well. I think William has been one of the few senior players that you can't really sort of point fingers at and say that he wasn't really kind of trying or, you know, there was lots of accusations about players downing tools, et cetera. I think he's always been a, a really good professional and consistent in that respect. Maybe obviously the stuff that happened with Conte towards the end was a little bit towards the, the other side of that coin. But I think in, in general, if you were going to say most of it, he's been, he's been a super professional player. Um, and probably he, he, for me, was kind of the, the benchmark of a squad player at Chelsea, like good enough to be a rotational player. But I think a rotational player who played too much in a position that he, he wasn't really bought from. So tough, tough to judge him. If you're looking at goals and output and the player that we got, I think a little bit disappointing considering I thought he was a really potentially good prospect from Shakhtar. But he's been a bit of a stalwart and, and obviously been a, 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 a good player and, and has, has had some very, very good games for us and some, some very good moments. But I think overall, you'd have to say, a, a, you know, a good player, but certainly disappointing in terms of just his his output that we got from him from a player that I felt could have been a, uh, you know, two, three levels above. If you, if you would have got the William played against Barcelona in some of the games that we can remember, you know, sort of five, six, seven times out of 10, I think he would have been considered to be one of the better players that we signed. But, you know, you saw that player once or twice every sort of 20 games. Um, and yeah. I think that's 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 the thing that, that, that Chelsea fans will remember is a player who worked hard, who never really down tools, was super professional, but maybe didn't show the quality that a lot of people felt he had, um, you know, for longer periods during the season. I feel with William, though, it is very odd that whenever I think of his best games, I always think about the better sides. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I don't feel like he's ever had a fantastic game against uh, like the minnows. I, I don't know what it is. I feel some players generally just get up for big games, and it's just it's what they're like. I, 
I don't know. I feel like in the smaller sides, against the smaller sides, I feel like Pedro would ease the guy to have a jolly up. Like, not yeah. all the time, yeah. but he'll have it more, 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 more significantly more than William would. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a funny one, William. I feel like, like you said, when he did join, when I was watching the match actor, he was playing more. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. What is the number 10? So the number 10 are off the left. And whilst those positions were occupied, um, I feel like a lot of the issues that Jose kind of wanted was the, the right-hand side. So we needed a lot of work and a lot of protection on that side. Mm. Um, and William, with his endeavour and his work rate, <laughs> he brings that. Um, but the issue with that is that you take so much away from him when he's well when he plays centrally. Because I feel like William, when he plays centrally, is a, a different animal. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird one. So, Jay, I, what are your thoughts? Because I know <laughs> I know William annoys the hell out of you as much as he annoys me. So, what are your thoughts on William? And out of 10, what would you what would you rank him since his, his period at Chelsea? So, with William, my, my biggest um, problems with William is that when you look at top players in the league, yeah, and you look at their ability and what they can do. Willian is literally up there with the top players, the top, top players. I wouldn't even just say in the Premier League. When you're talking about what an individual can do on the yeah. pitch as a winger, he is up there with the very best. He's quick. He's got yeah. skill. He can beat a man one-on-one. -on -one. If you if Willian gets a player one-on-one, -on -one, if he really wants to, he will beat you nine times out of ten. He's yeah. got a great shot on him in terms of if he wants to lash it from 30 yards or if he wants to curl it in the top bins he can do both he's great at set pieces in terms of free kicks he can take penalties and he's a strong guy as well he's not easy to shove off the ball so mm. considering I tell you all of those things about William yeah I told you all of those things about William yeah? that's, that's, that's his that, that's, that's the, the punchline's coming now that he can do as a winger yeah and he's Brazilian which is a bonus yeah he's actually a real Brazilian yeah he's got everything that Brazilians do but then you look at his, his, his stats here in the league, yeah? 226 appearances. And then I tell you how many goals this this amazing individual that I've just described to you has 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 scored in the league. He scored 33 goals for us. I think that what? is... <laughs> 33 goals yeah. in the league. 33 goals in the league. No, 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 that's probably right. No, 30, that can't be right. 33 goals in the league, bro. Oh. 33. That's the Everybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that no, sounds about right, to be honest with you. That's 33 goals in the league and he's got 31 assists, yeah? And that's that in six seasons. Good. That's in six seasons. That's Do you see what I'm saying? That, and and the, thing about, the thing about William is it, that this is the thing about William, yeah? He can do all of those things that I just listed that he, as a player. He can do all of those things whenever he wants. He can step onto the pitch against Tottenham, wrap it into the top corner when he wants. He can he can lash in a free kick when he wants. He can do pretty much anything that you want a winger can, um, to do. But his the, my main problem is he's not a bad player. He's not a great player. He's a good player. But yeah. he's not a good player 
consistently enough, which makes him bad. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, thing just... is, I fully understand you. Like the thing is with William, like he will have virtuoso displays. Like I, there was the FA Cup game against Tottenham where he just took the game away from. Oh, him. he was mad. Yeah. Yeah. In, and then there was the, the again against it's not against Spurs all the time. But anyway, Spurs this season ridiculous away from home, and that for me. That was the best performance I've ever seen from William. I think that was even better than the Barcelona performance. Barcelona, I was going to say, and that, yeah, yeah. And that was high level. Both both games were high, high level. And you're thinking, like, you know, when you when you speak to like your friends that don't support Chelsea, and that they're, they're like, oh, why do you hate William so much? He's a baller <laughs> because Boy. they're seeing him in like big games and he's working hard and he's dribbling and he's he's doing all that stuff, yeah. yeah. Match of but the they day. Don't match of that. They don't yeah, he's a highlight player, yeah. You know what I mean? They don't see him against the Huddersfields. They don't see when he's turning <laughs> over the ball after a counter-attack. They don't see it. They don't see all that stuff. So the, it's almost the, like it gets me so frustrated when I'm having to explain to these people. I'm like, listen, look, I know he, he could do good stuff. I'm not going to take <laughs> that away from him. But watch him properly and you will understand that he is actually pony at times. And it's so frustrating because it's like... He's got all of this ability. You're, like, yeah. like James yeah. said, all of this technique, all of the the, the, the work ethic, the, the speed, acceleration, um, again, the capacity to beat a man. He's got it all. But like, I'll, it like, doesn't come together. It's crazy. We'll, we'll watch him stink out the joint against someone like flipping Brighton, yeah? We'll watch him stink out the joint against someone like Brighton. Well, not, not Brighton. He normally raps Brighton, to be fair. But he, he, yeah. like someone someone else, some, like some lower league team anyway. We'll see him stink out the joint and then he'll go on international duty against Brazil. And guess what I'll see for the next two weeks? I'll see him doing a flip-flap through two man and rapping it top bins or something. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's Willian. That's that's what Willian is. And then, to, to be fair to him, though, the reason why I say... he, I think he'll go down generally as a good player for Chelsea. One, the first reason being his, um like his professionalism that he's had throughout his career at Chelsea. He has been like a really good professional. And I think he's always been a hard worker for us. He's never tried to, I don't think he's ever tried to shy away. Him not being consistent isn't him shying away from anything or not trying to take responsibility. I think he always wants to be the guy, but it just hasn't worked out to be that way. Like he hasn't been consistent enough for us um, and consistently good, more importantly. But then I looked at the Champions League as well and and I looked and I think, you, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I just pulled this up earlier, but like 56 appearances in the Champions League and 13 goals, 15 assists, which all in all, I think, considering how many times he's played for us in the Champions League, that's that's quite, that's, that's oh, that's, it's not bad, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's decent. All right, I'm going to say this with William, yeah? In the Champions League, again, I think he's one of our better performers, and that, again, yeah. is more because we he tends to play better against better sides. I just, yeah, I I generally feel like he's one. He he gets up for the big games, but I just for just a normal match, normal Premier League game, I, I don't feel like I never feel like Williams actually up for it. I feel like the funniest thing is with William. Yeah, I feel like sometimes William will only be bothered if other people are bothered. So <laughs> remember the Pulisic, yeah. the Pulisic game, the Pulisic game against Burnley, right? Where Pulisic suddenly scores a hat trick, he's like, "What?" And I swear <laughs> to you, for about sixty minutes, William was anonymous. He weren't bothered. He was not there. He was not there at all. Pulisic suddenly gets a hatchery. He's like, huh? And then all of a sudden, step over, bang, bottom corner. What? Where did that come from? Where did that come from, bro? Like, it's just ridiculous. It's the ridiculous. Best thing 
the best way to describe him as well, I think, is that fact that, um, like, even for Chelsea, is like he's had a good he's had a good career for Chelsea. I'd say he's had a good career for Chelsea, but he's been a major underachiever. That's the way I would yeah. describe him. So I'd say he's had a good career for Chelsea, but he's been a major underachiever for me. So what would you rate his time at Chelsea um, out of ten? You know, oh, what, I don't know. I'd probably give him about a six. You know. I'd probably yeah. I'd I, I, I don't know. All right, fair enough, Joe. <laughs> what would you give him? So, out of 10? I'll, I'll give someone. He, he's won two Premier Leagues. He's won an FA Cup. He's won a League Cup. And he's won the Europa League. So he's, he's, he's got some medals. Um, yeah. it, to be honest, it's, it's, the reason it's tough is because I'm, I'm trying to think here, but like, when you think of like, you know, like player grades, like, like, he's like no less than a five and <laughs> like a 10. Like he can be like a one, one week. You can be like, honestly, like a two. Like the worst player I've ever seen. And then he can be like an 11 the next week. Like the yeah. gap between his best performances and his worst performances is the biggest I can think of at Chelsea. So six, six is maybe fair, but I, I mean, I'm going to have to give him a seven because he has, he has won some stuff. I said, I, yeah. I, I think, I think he'll go down as a, as a good Chelsea player, but I do think for yeah. Jermaine, I think he's a good Chelsea player, but I think he could have been like in, in the, the, the kind of the, the sort of the top bracket of players that we've had. So he's an yeah. under Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm here to. I'm gonna agree with you, Joe. Um, I have to give him a seven. It's probably a surprise to most people because I'm not his biggest fan, but I'll give him a seven. Um, because as much as he, um, <clears throat> I'd say he has flattered to deceive in a lot of a lot of periods of time at Chelsea. Um, I do feel like his ups have been very up. Yeah. Um, as much as his downs are pretty much as consistent and there's you know, his performance and his production is not as fantastic. Um, I feel like seven is just about right because, again, in each of the title wins, I feel he's contributed. Maybe not, again, to the level of certain other people have, um, but I don't know. I don't think he necessarily got the uh, supreme run of games under Conte. And I think in 2015-16, again, no, 2014-15, we won the title Jose, he wasn't again a super regular, but he played um, enough. He played enough. Um, and again, in the Champions League, that that adds a lot of weight because I feel like William has definitely been one of our best performers um, in the last six years in the Champions League. Um, so I, I I will have to give that a bit of weight as well. Um, in our cup wins, again, he's played a big part. Um, in the Europa League, he was sensational. I know that again, that's not his level, but again. Seems like in Europe he, te- he tends to turn up. Um, I think he had the most assists in the Europa League last season, um, so he played a pivotal part in us getting there. Um, although he did, did he play in the final? I don't think he did. I don't think William played in the final, which is a bit odd. No, it was Pedro and Hazard. Yeah, he didn't play in the final, but getting there definitely contributed a lot. Yeah, seven um, assists. Seven assists. Yeah, so, so that was the highest in the, in the competition. Um, again, that FA is Cup, absolutely typical. That is absolutely typical yeah. of him, isn't it? It's yeah. fucking. Europa League seven assists, three goals, seven yeah. assists. Yeah, cheeky yeah, yeah, very productive last season. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a seven. Uh, yep, yeah, as much as I'm not his biggest fan, I think seven is quite fair. He will go down as a very good Chelsea player, and he will definitely be remembered as a very good Chelsea player. Um, so yeah, uh, seven sounds about fair to me. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> speaking of more attacking midfielders, um. We've been linked with this certain young, young German prodigy um, in Kai Havertz. Um, what are you guys' thoughts, uh, Jermaine? 
what are you thinking about Havertz? I think it's a weird link, to be honest. Um, me personally. Yeah, yeah um, very, very, very weird, man. Very uh, weird. Do you, feel like, do you feel like Chelsea are kind of running the risk of back to 2013, where we had like 20 million number 10s? Like, are, are we running that risk? If we are actually serious about Havertz, and even Coutinho, we've been linked with Coutinho, who again is number 10. <sighs> Are we running that risk again of having too many players in certain positions which will then spread out into wide positions and then possibly lead to people leaving? Like, we lost Salah, we lost... Um, I'm not sure. We lost um, Salah and we lost Kevin De Bruyne. Are we running yeah. that risk all over? Yeah, I, I, I feel like we are, to be honest with you. And I think um, with it's, it's weird because with the Coutinho signing he mainly does play 10 or left wing. So he was never really going to drop any deeper than that. He wasn't going to play an eight role. Um, he would probably get half games at a 10, half game at a left wing. But with Havertz, I feel like the way they've talked about him, they've, they've, some people have described him as a young Balak. Some people have said, you know, he can play 10, right wing, eight. When I watched him play against Porto, he was playing in the midfield and then kind of drifting out to the right. So for me, my biggest worry is that you're, we're now being linked with a player that can pretty much play all the positions that Loftus-Cheek can play, that Mason Mount can play. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, they're both... It's not like Ross Barkley can play. And, and there was even talk the other day when they were giving when they were praising um, Billy Gilmore again, talking about the fact that Billy Gilmore just doesn't play in, in um, you know, in DLP role. He can play further up the pitch as well. So he can maybe even play an eight or a 10 if you, yeah. put, like, if you put him there. So it's like, right now... We don't need we don't need any more headaches in that area. Havertz is a like he looks a baller. Don't get me wrong, he really does look a baller. But for me, I feel like to go from Jaden Sancho to all of a sudden maybe try and cover that signing with someone like a Havertz. And I know the club have been looking at him, but I just personally get the feeling that I don't think that's a signing that Lampard's looked at and been like, oh, you know what, we could do with Havertz. Like we ain't got we we ain't really got. You just signed like Ziyech. Do you know what I mean? Like he's gonna be potentially playing in the ten role as well. So, so I'm thinking Ziyech is like the perfect ten for what Lampard wants: high energy, high creative, high creativity, and lots of shots. I'm yeah, like, and with Havertz as well. With Havertz as well. When I was watching him, he, he looks like he lacks a lot of aggression. So like he mm-hmm. doesn't have like really a lot a lot of aggression in his game. He lacks. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say he lacks work rate, but he didn't look like one of them guys that's gonna run the way maybe you know someone like a I don't know you know Mason Mount even a Jorginho he's not the quickest but he does he does try to get about the pitch do you know what I mean so Kante all of these guys I don't know one thing about Habits that I have noticed um I don't want to use the word luxury because he is a fantastic prospect but he strikes me as I'm gonna say it a luxury type of player um I don't think he puts in a shift enough for that number 10 role. And I think it's quite dangerous in the Premier League when you're mm. playing a number 10 that isn't a worker and a grafter. It's quite dangerous because you leave yourself open. And you know how we, like, we, we've said it from the beginning of this podcast that when we play 4 2 3 1, our midfield is scarily open. Mm. Um, so if you've, got, if you've got a player that doesn't necessarily work and graft like others, 
it's kind of messy. Even with Mason Mount, as much as he, for me, isn't creative, he ain't creative, creative at all when he plays in the number 10 because I don't think he's got the capacity to, to play on a half turn and find the right pass. I think that he needs to be a little bit deeper so he can measure his passes and measure his actions a bit more. Um, yeah. Havertz is a lot more intelligent and brighter in the mind, but that work rate, the, I think the, the, the cost-benefit between having someone like a Mount or having a Havertz is quite sticky. And again, I don't want to sound like Jose, but where you're quite open in midfield, you're going to need someone that's working hard. If you're going to persist with that number 10, you're going to need a hard worker. So whilst we have Z, I'm not quite sure if that Havertz... The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. That move really makes sense, but you know yeah. he could play. And, and we already play yeah. mid. It's, it, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me. And we're already worried about, like, say, for example, we've echoed it a couple of times, like in the group, and I don't know, sometimes like on the pod as well. Like we've talked about Lost Sheik um, dropping into yeah. like the the double pivot, and it's like we're already worried about that potentially yeah. um, in terms of what that will be like defensively. Um, so you're looking at somebody like Kai Havertz and you're thinking, well, you're, you, 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 you know, you're definitely not stronger than like Loftus. You're, you're probably not okay. as quick. So you're already lacking aggression and you, and you don't put in a shift. So I, like, you put all those things together, you've got to be more worried about him dropping in there or you yeah. know, starting to play in the eight role, in the premiership especially. Do you know what I mean? Like Players like um, teams like um, flipping... Newcastle and them guys there will try and rattle you in midfield and you, you've yeah. got to be willing to put in, the, put in the work. So, I don't know, man. Again, talented player, but I don't really think it's what we need. I'd rather see us go for someone like, obviously, Boga or someone like that, like, if we're not going to yeah. go for Sancho. Well, what about you, Joe? What are your thoughts on Havertz? Um, I mean, I think if when you look at him as a player, I think that the comparison to Balak is probably because he's white German and the same height. Like it's, it's pretty pretty yeah. clear that you know he's probably the first white player that's been racially profiled like that for for some time. Strong, tall. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's got he's got the Balak comparison, but I think if you look at his play style, he's more Messer Özil than than Michael Balak. Um, you know, I think a, a guy who who in the final third, if you watch him play i mean his his vision is 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 kind of range of passing his different types of passes that he makes the fact that he i think he's probably for me someone who's going to score double digit goals in the league every season kind of when he finds a sort of a position whether that's on the on the right or sort of tucked in on the right or playing as a 10 but the the, the, the sort of thing that scares me is it's not everything he can do on the ball i think he's probably for his age one of the most talented like creative players in the final third but without the ball he's he's scary like he, I think his his stats when he plays in midfield, like he doesn't even make like a single tackle per game. You know, very 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 <laughs> little exceptions. Like I think it was like 0.6 per game, which is you know kind of a bit baffling in terms of playing in midfield. But I think defensively, his his work rate, his his willingness to to sort of compete for the ball. I don't see what Jermaine was saying about him not being very aggressive. Like he is for me a a classic number ten in like a Michael Ballack's kind of body. You know, he, do, yeah. he doesn't want that physical confrontation where Balak was quite happy to mix it up. So I think, you know, if, if they're bringing him in as a number eight, that for me is is worrying. Um, you know, I think then you're really going to have to have two proper defensive tanks behind him and just let him do what he wants to do. But I'm not sure whether that's the best thing. I think uh, for me, I look at him, I think he's a great player to watch, but I look at him in, uh, uh, sort of bring him into Chelsea. And unless there's a massive restructuring of how they play the midfield, 
if you're playing him as a 10 or even playing him on the right-hand side, I don't really see what he has because he's not going to press. He's, he doesn't have the work rate. And for all the all the attacking ability that he has in the final third, and you know, I do think that he, is, he has potential to be very special there. Um, I think that the, the defensive downside, uh, lack of pressing, lack of tackling, lack of interceptions, it's almost like a lack of nous and know-how as well. Like he doesn't really know where to kind of position himself. For me, he's definitely not a central midfielder. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can see the sort of the luxury tag as well. Like he is, he is that like number ten, like a Raquel May type player that you just, you know, yeah. everyone else does the work for him. You just let him kind of stand there and do his thing. I think he banged like seventeen or eighteen goals in the league last season at nineteen. So I mean, he's he's got yeah. some pedigree um, when it comes to goals. He's always tends to have pretty high assist numbers as well. So you know, top prospect in the final third. But as we know at Chelsea at the moment, I don't think we're in a position where we can just drop a number ten in midfield and be like, yep, he's the he's the guy that we need to, to sort of you know do the final piece in the jigsaw. I think we're we're well we're well kind of be we're far too early sort of in our kind of development under Lampard to just to drop a, a luxury player and in him be sort of the the icing on the cake. So great player in terms of offensively, but you know defensively he he would give me nightmares having him in the team, particularly as you say. You know, if you've got Loftus Cheek playing left centre mid and him playing right centre mid, you know, we want to get Kante times <laughs> six in midfield to sort of cover the pair of them. Yeah. So, yeah, good player, but yeah, I don't see the fit. I, I look at Havertz and I, I see a talent. And um, again, when it comes to the defensive aspects of the game, um, he's definitely lacking. But then I also think, well, maybe that's because the, his coach wants him to play that way. Not necessarily by... Um, I feel it may be by design. Um, because... There are players around him that can compensate for this lack of working. Um, so it might be that you don't know. He could come to Chelsea and he could work a lot because I don't. I don't. Lampard doesn't strike me as a person that will accept luxury players, and if they are luxury, he can make them work. So I, I don't know. It could work. I'm not going to say it would. I'm not going to rubbish it. Um, in terms of prospects, of course, you want to get the best players possible, or potentially the best players possible, but. I just have my apprehension as to where he'd fit in and where he'd fit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's a weird link. It is a very weird link. Like Jay said, going from Sancho to to Havertz just wouldn't necessarily make sense. Even if you're conceding ground on Sancho, it just wouldn't make sense to then change your, your yeah, I guess, change tact straight away. You'd surely want to be going for an attacking um attacking player the same way that you were looking at Sancho. So I just, it's a bit odd for me. It's a bit of a, uh, an odd one for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that one, I think that's a, I think that might just be a dead rumour, to be honest. Uh, and to be honest, I'm secretly hoping. As much as I want quality, I don't know. I, I feel like the upsides, I don't think it will outweigh the downside. Just not necessarily him. I think he may be able to benefit from having freedom and playing, you know, in the number 10 role. But I feel like as a team, collectively, we might suffer with a player like him and in the number 10, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. But, but moving on. Um, so I kind of want to just trial something here. Um, if we had, I don't know, the, this budget, like pre-COVID, we'll look, well, there are talks about Chelsea having about 200 250 million pounds, 200 million pounds to, to spend on players. Um, and I don't know how accurate that figure is, um, but we're looking about that 200 mark. Um, I'm not sure if that will be the case now, but let's just stick with that number. So a lot of fans on Twitter, on social media in general, 
always have this speech. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I think even a couple of people came on the pod and saying, oh, yes, yeah, easy. Get it done. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not convinced that that's how easy it is. Um, so I'm going to be playing the role of almost like chairman. So Ife Abramovich. Um, and I kind of want you guys to pitch to me um, how you'd spend this 200 million pounds. Um, and I want realistic targets, um, targets where I feel like we'd actually need at the club and a rationale for why you'd actually target them and buy them. And you need to spend, you need, it needs to be under 200 million pounds. So we'll start off with Jay. Um, positions, amount of money you're looking to spend, amount of money that you think we'll actually get. So you have to spend, you have to give me a price that you actually think will get the, the deal done rather than we could kind of haggle. No, no, no. I want a price and an amount that is you think will actually get the deal done. Yeah. And then give me a reason as to why you want them or why we need them. Okay. All right, Jay, let's start with you. 200 million pounds. All right. So cool. For, for, for my, for my little list, first player I'd want in, which I think is a pretty much a no brainer and a very easy deal to get done because of his history at the club, is Boga. I think he's shown enough like within the season to show that he's, he's, he's definitely got what it takes to become a top player um, at mm -hmm. Chelsea. And I think, um, yeah, the price, obviously having the buyback clause, I think makes it even more of a no-brainer in terms of, like I think it's 30 mil. So, yeah, I think for, for, for me, that would be my wide forward to bring in. Um, very easy deal to get done. Uh, can get it done nice and early. Yeah. And moving on from there, um, sticking with the wings, I'll go with one of our positions that we need to strengthen and we have needed to strengthen for a couple of seasons now, which is at left back. And I would want Gaia, who was originally the, the player I wanted to begin with in terms of at left back. And I think we could get him for about 45, 50 mil. I think that'll get the, the, the deal done. So um, I can't see Valencia trying to hold out for much more than that. I don't see many teams after him as well, so I think it would be a pretty clear running, like in terms of you know getting the player. I don't think we'd have to compete with with many, maybe one or two, but I, I think we'd beat those teams to to the player as well. So yeah, I think we'd be the most attractive outfit for him. Okay. Um, yeah, so that covers left back, um, and then sticking with the defence, I'd want somebody who's quite experienced because we have got um, a couple youngsters that are that are still in the squad playing at centre back. Um, in terms of like Christensen and Tomori. So I'd also want um, experience at the back and I'd want a leader. So I've gone for Tyrone Mings, who again, I think we could probably get the... Yeah, I think we could probably get the deal done for about... Considering what's going on now, I think we could get, probably get the deal done for about 50. I reckon we could probably get the deal done for around 50 mil for Tyrone Mings, especially with, with Villa potentially getting um, relegated as well. So you might even be able to get him for less, but... Yeah, I've 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 um put him at about fifty mil. Um and then again a hundred and ten left. So you've got ninety left. Yeah. So then what I've done is now I've gone for striker and with this striker I've I've gone for a loan deal. So I've gone with a loan for an option to buy for Jovic, which I think is okay. something that could also be done. So okay. I think I think Jovic can be done. Again, we don't have to spend money on him this season. We'll probably have to spend a loan fee. Even if it was a hefty loan fee, we could still afford it. Um, and potentially we don't lose out on, you know, 
Tammy signing a new contract because it's not a permanent deal yet. And yeah, we could just see if Jovic is the superstar that we think he's going to be, then it's a win-win. He stays at the club, he becomes a great striker. We have a great striker on our hands. If not, and Tammy outperforms him, then we still have a great striker and we get to send Jovic back, you know, and, and we don't have to buy him. We save money either way. So I think so- that's another... Okay, so with that loan, so with that loan, how are you? How are you? How are you sure? Because you think about it, if Tammy outperforms him, that doesn't necessarily mean Tammy will have a fantastic season. So Tammy has outperformed Michi, he outperformed Giroud um, this season. Did he have a fantastic season? No. What if he has another meh, mediocre fourteen to fifteen league goals a season, and as happens to be better than Jovic's? I still, I still, yeah, opportunity. Yeah, no, I still think that that obviously there is that that potential problem happening where even I thought about this as well. Obviously, with even like with the rotation of strikers in terms of you know Jovic or Tammy, Jovic or Tammy, maybe them not getting consistent game time. But at the same time, I I, I just feel like Jovic has so, shown enough to be able to to come in and I think show 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 that he's got the ability to be a top striker. But if if that didn't happen, I still think Tammy would get a decent tally um, with the squad that we have to to you know push on and and still still contend throughout the season and finish at least yeah. in maybe top two top three. So um, yeah, that's that's with Jovic. And then finally, my marquee signing, who I would <laughs> really want. This is my marquee signing, yeah. Who I really want. Convince me about this is the one I'm shelling what ninety million pounds on. Ninety million pounds on bro, and it's Oblak fam. I'm taking Oblak all day long. Oblak, Oblak, Marquis signing, and he's not in a position that anybody would like really, really want to see strengthened in the in the thing. Like a lot of fans would want to see an attacker, but for me, I feel like we've got an attacker for a good a good amount of money, a very very good amount of money, and less wages than the potential attacker that people have spoken about. But I feel like with Oblak, we've got a top top keeper who potentially. And it's debatable, but he probably is the best keeper in the world right now. So you're getting the best keeper yeah. in the world. You're getting the best keeper in the world who is going to strengthen the back line. He's going to make your defence better in terms of um, uh, vocally as well. And yeah, he's just he's an experienced keeper. We've got a keeper there for at least five, six seasons to take us to, towards winning the title as well and be a crucial, crucial um, player for us. So yeah, and then the, and then the last one would be a. Yeah, that's two hundred Last one, Foster on a free B, and that's it. He's back up, done. Actually, he's a good, nah, he's a good keeper. So yeah, nah, nah, okay. Foster on a free B. Alright, you know what? I ain't too sad at that. I don't know. Like for me, if I'm Roman, I'm not quite sure if I'd like spending another massive sum on a goalkeeper it's after true. the seventy pound L. That I would be taking on Kepa. I'm not sure if I'd be willing to do so, but your other options kind of counteract that. And um, I'll be looking at the holistic spend on the squad rather than the individual amounts on a player. So the list is good. That's what five players, six players even. Foster um, doesn't have to happen, but yeah. Yeah, but it's a free. And I, okay, so five to six players, two hundred million pounds spent. Um, only. I guess one obscene transfer, but that's for the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world, but I don't think many people will argue he is he is sensational. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I see that. I, 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 I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you at all. I'm not mad at that list at all. Joe, 
He's come with a strong list, so... He has, yeah. I know, I know you've got some alternatives, so talk to me. £200 million. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm proving why my middle name is PMP with this list as I'm looking at it. So, um, I've, I've spent all 200 mil, um, and I've got a goalie, I've got a left-back, I've got a DM, a forward, and a centre-forward. So, I've gone a... Yeah, and I think I'll caveat this. If I think Chelsea probably are realistically like two summer transfer windows away from being like able to compete with Liverpool and City like properly. So what I'm trying to do with this window is getting what I think are maybe five starters who bump up the quality of the team. And then I think the following summer you add your kind of your cherry picking your sort of final pieces for the puzzle. So that's the sort of mentality I've gone in with. Um, first of all, goalie. I've gone for the, the Serbian uh, Rakovic guy from... Uh, yeah, is it Reims he plays for some, uh, some yeah. French team? But yeah, I mean, I, I think scouting, scouting keepers for me is difficult. Unless you've been a goalie, I think it's hard to really sort of analyse them from a technical perspective. But whenever you look at any of these sort of analytics, based scouting reports of keepers, he's always kind of there or thereabouts in terms of near the top. Um, yeah. I did speak of a friend who works at a, an agency who they primarily deal with goalies as their clients. And the, the sort of the consensus opinion there of him is that he's, he's a really good player. So I've kind of taken their, their word on him. So I think for him... When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart goalkeeper about 30 mil probably for a French team is, is probably reasonable to pay for him um, so I've gone for 30 yeah. mil for him that, um, kind of, that kind of transfer kind of reminds me of you know the Petr Cech you know he's like yeah. exceptional like done exceptional for the season and you're just going to try and take the chance on him because you think he's that good so that yeah. that kind of signing yeah I, I can back I can definitely back and he, he yeah, looks and like that, he's well, got he's, that, he's the physical frame as well for like a Premier League yeah. keeper. He looks, he's got that big physical frame. And, and you know, you watch highlights of him and stuff like that. He he he's a little bit old school and that he's quite commanding in his area. I think again, one of the, yeah. the big things of a Premier League goalie is he's at least being able to come out and either claim the ball or punch it. So I think he he'll hopefully be okay in terms of that. And I think he's younger than um, twenty four. Yeah. Back. Yeah. So I think that's that's yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay. Next player. Uh, second one maybe is a little bit late, but um, I'm still going, going with Alex Tellez because it looks like PSG are trying to lowball Porto. Um, yeah. I think left back's been our, one of our big weak spots for, for a number of years. Um, I think Tellez, even at 40 mil, just paying the buyout, so just straight up going and paying the money for him is, is worth it. Um, even if you get three, four years out of him, I think for me personally, you know, he's a player that is, is technically better than players that we have. I think he's... He's a good. He's actually a good sort of technical footballer. Good cross for the ball. Um, good. Good enough defensively. I, mean, I don't think anyone is going to mistake him for Ashley Cole um, at sort of any point in time. But you know, good enough. And I think in terms of like general link play, the way that Chelsea seem to try and progress the ball up the pitch, I think Tellers would be a great buy. And it seems like at least reading sort of current reports, PSG have got him with like an 18 million pound bid. So I'm hopeful that if, if Chelsea just sneak in with with a little bit more, um, then then potentially he's there um, to for, for the taking. But yeah. Yeah, I read today that they've they've tried to get him for 18 mil. So I mean, I'm hoping that they're just they're just trying to sort of just grab him on kind of a lowball tactic. And I mean, I I would pay the money for him. 40 mil for a, 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 someone I think is going to be a really good left back is is not a huge amount of money considering it's been a, a problem position for for years. What's what's odd with with fullbacks, I guess, is that 
<laughs> every other position you've kind of evolved in terms of pricing. So buying like left backs and, and just full backs in general, they tend to they I think they tend to be the cheapest position to buy. It used to be centre backs and stuff, but now it seems like they're falling behind. So I think like a Tellez would be what well, I think he would probably be the most expensive left back if you buy him for that price. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I I I can understand why clubs are a bit apprehensive, but again, you need to you need to understand where football's going. Fullbacks are having a massive influence on the game. So okay, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Forty million pounds, okay. Uh next one defensive midfield. I don't think anyone's really gonna be surprised. I'm saying Thomas Party. Okay. Yeah. Of for, course. <laughs> I've gone for I've gone for sixty mil here. So I think that's probably top end of maybe what, what someone would pay for him. But um, you know, I, I kind of make no real sort of bones about my my perfect ideal defensive midfielder. You know, destructive, physical, someone who's like yeah. an actual presence in midfield. But I think he he's super underrated passer. He's a great dribbler. He's great at progressing the ball into the final third. You know, he creates yeah. turnovers. And I think the thing that that sets him apart, and this is the thing that I always have massive arguments with people about, is just being like positioning wise. You know, he's very rarely is he not in the right position to to either you know stop them from sort of making the passes into that kind of sort of two centre back channels. Um, or he's he's there to cut the the ball out, or to at least kind of dissuade people from coming into that area. So from like positioning, yeah. I think, and I think personally as well, he's what six foot one. He's he's just he's a monster in midfield. You know, look at his performances against Madrid, against Liverpool. You know, playing re- playing well against really good players is for me always one of the baselines when you're going to spend big money is to have they played well against other big players in terms of uh, games. I think he dominated um, Cruz and Modric in a game that I saw him play and completely ran the show. Um, and yep. I think if you're looking at a Premier League player, I think he, he for me, is, is the perfect player to, to put in there, yeah. And also, I'm seeing links to Arsenal, and it's just making me... If, like, look, we've got Billy Gilmore as DLP, cool. We've also got Jorginho, who may look to lead. We've got Kovacic, who could play there, but I don't think he's a DM. If we allow that guy to go to Arsenal, of all places... That would just be a sin. That's a that's an absolute sin of the highest order, because he not only improves us in terms of stability, he provides us. Because I don't think that Chelsea actually have a spine at this moment. No, we don't. No. But if you add him, automatically you've got the linchpin of your team, because he is so yep. solid. He adds so much stability defensively. It will allow other players or other um other areas to to be okay. So you look at your attack, you don't necessarily, it's not to say that you'll take the piss, but because you have a parte and a Kante, not to say they'll play together all the, at the same time, all the time, but you've got defensive stability there where it's just solid. You could trust your, you, you could trust them to handle what's thrown at them, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. to have the attackers coming back all the time. But once you have a midfield that is stable and solid, that adds comfort to your defence and also adds comfort to your attack. So, yeah, Partey, I fully support and understand. Um, so, I've gone for kind of a wide forward slash centre forward. So, one of these kind of hybrids that can play across, basically across the front line in a front three. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for Jonathan David, the Canadian guy again. So, he's my little bit of a wild card here. Uh, 25 mil. Um, I, I've just, I've looked at him so much recently. And, I mean, 18 goals, 8 assists in 27 games in the league this season. Is, is one thing. Again, I can talk about him doing it in Belgium. But I think he, he's an excellent finisher. He's one of the quickest players I've ever seen run on a football pitch. 
And I think in terms of Premier League, like speed kills, you look at the Liverpool front three, I think Mane and Salah on the counter-attack is, is one of the most devastating mm. combos you've seen. And, and David, for me, playing either down the middle or, or to the right or potentially to the left, I think he gives you... I think he, he's one of the few players that puts a, um, puts a kind of fear into uh, kind of opposing players. If you want to play, press, like play, play like the pressing game and play a high line, like if the ball goes in behind, like this guy is getting it. It's not like a question. Like he he's he's going to get yeah. there. Um, look a little, a little bit about uh, how Davis played against us for Bayern. You know that that just combination of just absolute pure athleticism and amazing, like really really high technical quality. I think David yeah. is is similar in terms of four player. And for about twenty five mil, I saw I saw a report saying that Gemma won twenty million euros for him. So I went kind of higher end, 25 mil. Um, for mm-hmm. me, I think he's, he's worth the gamble. And if he doesn't make it, he doesn't make it. But we've thrown, we've thrown more money at worse players. And I think if he does yeah. if he does kind of make the jump at the Premier League, you've got a guy who has every single attribute you want at a forward, who, who can score goals, who can assist. But generally, I think he's, he's one of those players that defences now have to really kind of consider because just because of how, how fast and, and how direct he is as a player. Okay, cool. All right, I'll check him out. I can't say I'm too... Um... Too versed on Jonathan David, but yeah, I'll definitely check him he, out. He was my little sneaky one. Yeah, and then nice. the last one. Still got money to spend. So yeah. is this the marquee? No, it's, 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 it's not marquee. It's, it's 45 mil on a centre forward. So this okay. is this is the one that's going to disappoint Yaz. But I, I love uh, Odson Edward at Celtic. Um, yeah, I think you know if he if he moves to the Premier League like in the summer, say Everton or Newcastle, like a mid mid-table team I don't if he has a good season like you won't be able to buy him again like I think it's a little bit like when Van Dijk moved to Southampton you know he went it was the the big move next like the 75 mil move or whatever to you know to Liverpool like once once he goes to a Premier League club or or a good club I don't think you're going to be able to buy him I think he's going to go on to one of the top teams I think I think Yaz is right I think maybe he's he's a season away from being super ready but like 45 mil I mean this guy who's got 27 goals and 19 assists in all comps this season I mean, he's almost got the the double double, the twenty twenty, you know, goals and assists for a forward, which is just yeah. insane. Um, I saw him in in person as well when when Celtic came and played Copenhagen, and he was by far the best player on the pitch. Movement, touch, you know, he's got all all of the nice sort of technical attributes, but he's he's got the Premier League striker frame. You know, he's quick, he's strong. You know, I I personally would just would like to take a gamble on him, and I think if you're going to buy someone from from Scotland, I think they have to be head and shoulders by far the best player in the league. And I think when you watch him play in, in Scotland, he is by far the best player in the league, completely dominant in a, in a, in a way that VVD was, you know, as a centre-back, you know, Van Dijk as a centre-back there was completely dominant. I think there would he would need to sort of ease himself in and there would be kind of a sort of a phasing in phase of playing against better players. But I think the overall package that he has, you know, I think that he's, he's sort of the closest thing to like an all-round sort of spearhead centre-forward that I, that I think we could buy. And I just think his numbers and I think that the... the the potential is there for him to be a, a real kind of uh, real kind of threat to, to opposition. So he'd be the the striker that I think I'd look to get. And I think 45 mil probably probably gets him. And that's that's 200 all in. All right, that's um, I like that. I like that. I like to be honest. Both both are very strong. Both are very very strong. So what I will do, I'll be I'll be um, inferring. With the timeline, actually, I'll put I'll put this to the timeline, and we'll do a vote <laughs> on which players, on on, on which um because they're all different players again. Then no, you've got none of you have got the same player. So yeah, I'll put this to a vote um to the timeline and have a quick check because I I don't know I, I'm there's a bit of both that I I'd want. So the Radjovic signing, I'd prefer that 
than Oblak. Oblak, yeah. Uh, as much as because I I love Oblak and I think he's yeah, top. He's insane. Yeah. Top. And he, he's ridiculous. But at the same time, at the very at the there's something about me that I just don't want to spend a shitload on a goalkeeper again. I just don't want to do it. And I, PTSD. Honestly, I, I just don't want to do it. Exactly, PTSD. I just don't, I just don't want to do it. And nah, although I've got certainties of Oblak, I also know that mm, I'm probably going to get a couple of years out of him, a couple of years usage out of him, um, probably five, five years max. Whereas Rakovic, or how you say his name, Radovic, you know you're going to get more usage. Um, he's younger. Um, also, I think he's got stuff to prove as well because he's taken that step up. I, I think that's more of a safer bet for me personally. Um, not a safer bet, but uh, a safer investment um, or better investment anyway. Um, Jeremy Boga, I'll always take him back. That'll always be um, <laughs> my, my preference signing. Um but Jonathan David also, that, that's, that also, he sounds like an interesting player, so I'll check him out. Um, I'll definitely, I'm looking at centre-back. Uh, Joe, you didn't actually mention a centre-back anywhere, um, so maybe you seem quite yeah. comfortable with our position in centre-back. I think um, if, you, if we get a good if we get a good left-back and we get Partey in front of Partey, him, I'd be yeah, quite yeah. happy with Zuma, yeah, Tomori. I can Jason. see why I didn't pick a centre-back when you picked Partey. I can see why. I get it. You've got to pick one or the other. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I agree. Yeah, it's I one or the it. other. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and Edward. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's a hard one because I think Jay's list. There's a lot of solid, solid, and top players. Even with Jovic, I think he's a very good player. Oblak, again, elite player. Gaia, I think he's a very good player at left back. And Boga one of my favourite young players about. Um, but then also Joe's list, yeah, both are very, very good. So we'll pull it to a vote and um, the results will be on the timeline um, and we'll tweet it. And um, I don't know. I don't know. It's very difficult because they're both so different. But also <laughs> I look at them and I think we need both. Of, we need a lot of these players from both lists. Oh, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a mess. So none of you guys are kind of Putting your money out, putting your neck out, and um, spending half of it on Sancho. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sticking your necks out. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're there. No, I don't think we're, think we're good enough to do it. I just don't no. think we're. I don't. I no, not that we're not good enough, but like I think we just like it's just in terms of like you, you said, needs investment wise. Do you yeah. think we lack? Do you think that we lack the sufficient amount of players to cover that one signing? Because if you think about it. You're spending 100 and what? 120 million on him, or maybe even 90. Apparently, it's a 90 million pounds um, that Dortmund want for him. Um, it changes a lot, though, you know. Yeah, it cha- it's changing. It so lot. it's around the 100 mil mark, anyway. So it's yeah. around the 100 mil mark. But as you could probably see, that gets you a Boga, that gets you a Gaia, and that gets you um, a Rakovic or Radjevic, or even Alex Tellers. So it gets you three players. It gets you three players. And like Joe said, two seasons as well. I'm saying, so are we actually good enough? And I know what you're saying. It's not to say that Chelsea as a club, are we good enough as a club? No. Are we good enough as a team to have that one marquee player and then kind of forego two, three other players that we actually need? I don't think we're there yet. No, I, 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 I don't think we're currently in that spot. 
as much as I'd like Sancho because he is a productive demon, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of would prefer to build us steadily rather than go for the one marquee. I, I, I always try to look at, I always look at Liverpool as an example and even Chelsea as an example. In 2014, in 2013-14, we built, we signed certain players that improved us. Again, in 14-15, we signed Sesk and we signed, um, we signed Sesk and we signed Costa. That then took us to the next level. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't feel like we necessarily need to rush that process because I think we could just get it completely wrong. And then once you get it completely wrong, the manager goes and it's just all a mess again. So I, I, we need to take our time and um, build this steadily. Um, yeah. So we're, and we're both, tricky, your list, yeah. both, yeah. both your list, to be fair, are doing that. You're taking that process where you're building steadily, getting things in place, and then next season or the season after, bang, or even in January, bang, you'll go for the actual top marquee player for the following summer. I, I get mm-hmm. it. I get where you're going. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd sanction both of these both of these lists to be fair. But yeah, we'll leave it to the to the timeline. Hmm. Okay. That was fun. All right. So <laughs> uh, it was good. It was good because I, I feel like a lot of people think that it's easy to get these transfers done and they think it's just it's just a piece of piss. But no, it's it's very difficult to one identify players that fit what you want as a club or fit what you're you're trying to build as a club and two just the money side trying to get it over the line <laughs> it's just not easy generally it won't be easy so but you guys have given fees and amounts that i'd struggle to understand or see how a lot of these deals wouldn't get done if you presented the money to these clubs um because they all seem quite fair i mean thomas party 60 million pound yeah it, I think it might be more, maybe 65, 70, because he's that good and that important to them. Okay, um, me, has he got a buyout, though? I thought he had a buyout around there. 50, yeah, 52 or something. If, yeah. If, I've if just, I've, I put a bit more on top just, just to sweeten the deal. <laughs> 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 Little backhander to Atletico. If you've got a, a buyout, then you're cool. Then that makes sense. I think everything else is um, quite yeah. I think it's important to mention that there's there is quite a few players that will definitely be going out if if some of those were coming in as well. Like if it was yeah. us doing it, like do you know what I mean? Like your Rudiger, so, okay. Emerson, so then, stuff like that. Let's add this bit on. So who would you then be shipping out? Or, or but, forget all these transfers anyway. Who are you shipping out straight away? So personally, for me, just, mine's pretty quick to be honest. That I'd see obviously William and Pedro out like gracefully. They've done a good job, but by um, I'd see, I'd see, I'd see Alonso or Emerson out. And the re- only reason why I said like one of them is because um, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure if if um, Matson's like going to be a hundred percent ready to step in as that um, backup left back. So. Yeah, I'd, Alonso or Emerson would definitely be going out as well. Um, then I look to get Rudiger out and Batshuayi and Giroud out as well. And that's it. And done. That's all most right. of the dead so, is it, so, But by the way, with your lists, this is all including Mertens, I'm assuming. Yeah. So yeah, this, yeah. This, is, 
So Mertens is part of this list as well. Oh, you know what? Nah, see, mine wasn't including Mertens. See, if I if uh, I had Mertens, I wouldn't include. I wouldn't go for Jovic. If if I got Mertens, if we got Mertens like tomorrow on a free, uh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't bother going for Jovic. I wouldn't bother. There's no need. But then we would only have two strikers. That might not be a bad thing. But we no, don't I don't, have I don't two. Think, yeah, I don't think it would be a bad thing. I just, I, I, it would be. It would be unlucky if both of them got injured, but but yeah, yeah but yeah. three strikers is is in a way a bit too much, and two strikers is, yeah. is all right. Yeah. So if 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 Mertens was obviously if Mertens was was here and he did come, I wouldn't bother with Jovic. I'd I'd just I'd just leave it until the next season and see who's out there. Because like Joe said, even I, I did think about Edward, but I thought to myself, you know what? If we can get a, a, a loan and see, you know, who's doing what. And let Edward stay at Celtic to, to let him bang again for another season. There aren't any top strikers about, is there? If you really think yeah. about getting someone in who's like absolutely guaranteed to be I'm a saying. success, there's, there's no one out there that I could think of. I'd be like, yep, pay 80 mil and he's going to bang like 20 goals in That's every year saying. for like the next five years. Mm. I can't think of one. And then, you, and then you go hard for Edward next season when, you, when, you, when you've got another season under his belt and you know what? The, guy, the kid scored 30 goals again. Like, but then can you risk it though? That's the thing. When you start yeah. doing that kind of thing and delaying things, you mm. might be late to punch. Yeah. I think that a lot. The problem with a lot of top clubs is that they tend to do that. They tend to leave it too late, and then a Southampton will pick them up, and Everton will pick them up, and then they bang. And once yeah. they bang, it's then eighty million pounds, ninety yeah. million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless, yeah. Then you're like, whoa! But the big clubs will do it. But then you start questioning their utilization of resources. You're thinking, why did they not spend the fifty million pound? But now they're spending hundred million pounds. People did it so, with Van Dyke, didn't they? They you know did it with Van Dyke as well. We were linked with Van Dyke, um, I think the season before. And then the available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The, even the season when he left for Liverpool, we'll link with him as, again. Um, so it could be too late. It could be too late. Honestly, sometimes you need to make these deals happen because you can see the talent is right in front of you. It's right in front of you. And the moment you start delaying, is that's when it becomes almost impossible to get them because other big clubs will see them and think, yeah, okay, we've got as much money as Chelsea. We're probably a bit more attractive at the moment because we're, we're going for titles and stuff. So we'll go there. And that's what happens. And again, even with the Van Dyke story, yeah, we were champions, but he wasn't sure if Conte was going to be there anymore because of the instability around the club. And because Conte was um, <laughs> sabotaging, Van Dyke chose him for us. So it's just I think almost that's yeah, I think a lot of people were impressed with his uh, ZX signing because of because of what we're talking about now. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we, we didn't we didn't waste time. We saw there was a player there. We looked at his ability. We see we we you know we asked ourselves like, will he bring what we need at Chelsea? And then pretty much just got the deal done for a good price. Do you know what I mean? It's like so. Munich looked at that Alfonso Davis. I mean, he was playing for Vancouver Whitecaps. I mean, we're talking about players who are playing in, uh, for Celtic and like players who are playing in Belgium. You know, they saw a player who was playing in Canada or in MLS for a Canadian team. Yeah. And they paid, I think they, they ended up paying about £17 million for him. You think, well, you know, a guy playing in the MLS, I mean, he's probably worth probably six times that now to them, you know, for the future. I mean, he, he's going to be there, one of their fullbacks for probably the next, you know, 10 years of his career. 
I think sometimes we've <laughs> we've like reluctant to pull the trigger. Whereas if you think before, we were we were kind of early adopters on all the Belgium talent, Courtois, Lukaku, De Bruyne. I mean, we just went out bang and bought all of them for like less than 30 mil. I think we need to be a bit more aggressive with some of these players who, who have got potentially got high ceilings. And that, that's why certainly someone like Edouard, I think, again, what, what Ife is saying is, is true. If he goes to Everton, they seem to be mm. quite interested in him. Even Arsenal, it seems that they're being linked with him. If he goes Newcastle. To Prem, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Newcastle. I mean, you're not going to, if he bangs, you're not, you're not going to buy him. And then that's another striker that you were looking at that you could say, ah, you know, we wanted to see, you know, him prove it one more season. But it's yeah. it's tricky to, to to figure out when to buy stuff. Sometimes you've got to take a gamble on, on some of these younger players. Uh, mm. Me, I'm 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 all for taking gambles, yeah. um, especially young prospects, because and I'm not even thinking. Now we've got a new player in the game as well. We've got Newcastle, and Newcastle yeah. will do a madness. Yeah, they're not going to waste time. What Newcastle have over Chelsea and even City now is the capacity to look at what Chelsea and City have done and then perfect it again. So mm-hmm. Man City, for me, did a better version of what we did. We did, so, yeah. <laughs> so again, what's going to happen is, if people are smart, if the, the, the owners and the directors of um, Newcastle Football Club are clever, they'd look at what Chelsea did, look at how Man City bettered it, and then again look to better it again. So once you do that, and build it, have an infrastructure in place to to then challenge, because I know it will take time, and that that will probably be a, a, a two three year project to kind of get them up to speed where they're kind of again fighting around the top six. But once they do do that, they will be a big big problem. So it's Chelsea crazy. needs to get yeah. their thing order now because <laughs> Castle it's only two three years away. It's only two three years away. You know what I mean? So and they've, got, start, they've got the stadium play. as well already. They've got 52,000 seat stadium. 54. That's a guaranteed sellout. Imagine if they start getting actual ballers. They're selling out with the most basic bangers in midfield. Like now, I think you forget the players that they had as well. Bro, come on, they, man. They it's going to take right back to the 90s. Where they had Asprilla in them. Nah. nah. Shearer, Ferdinand, <laughs> Ginola. Yeah. Michael, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to say, so Chelsea needs to get their ideas in order. Now is not the time to necessarily be holding back. Because when you're looking like, up north and seeing that Newcastle are actually about to get this thing done, yeah, you need to start bucking up your ideas and making sure that you're clinical in everything you do. So the ZH thing, great step. What next? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's going to be an interesting summer. Um, I, 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 part of me is, tend, is quite worried about, because of um, coronavirus, it's kind of putting a lot of this thing into, into, into question and doubt, really and truly. If you think about all these transfers, how are they even going to get done if you're still on lockdown? It's just, there's a lot, a lot to consider. There's a lot to consider. And um, just finally... Oh, just called by teams. <laughs> Exactly. And on a final, final point. Zoom um, medicals, yeah. Honestly, on a final point, um, Rudiger again. So on, um, he he's kind of spoken about. I, I want to give praise to Rudiger actually, although I'm not necessarily his biggest fan, but I want to give him some praise because um, he's spoken about his um his concerns about um Corona and the Premier League basically asking players to 
to, to go into training again. And uh, he's kind of questioned, right, and rightfully so, because a lot of people, generally speaking, and I, I, I wouldn't even say people, the Premier League um, and football in general, the football leagues in general, I think because there's this desperation to get the season done, because there's so much financial commitment involved, I feel like there's they're almost not looking at players as players and people, but they're looking at them as commodities. And it, it it's quite inhumane. And Rudiger kind of touched on this. Yeah. And basically, look, we are more than happy, or I am more than happy to play if conditions are right and I'm safe and people are safe. Otherwise... After it all happens, after it all happens, and we're not our, our safety isn't guaranteed, and somebody in, and something happens to one of the players, then people will start looking at the league very, very funnily. And even right now, I'm looking at the league sideways because what I'm seeing isn't good, is not good. A lot of top pundits are even questioning what is going on, why are they so desperate to press ahead. It it it's a bit problematic. What um, is being reported from the Premier League. Um, I mean, the fact that players are going to have to train in masks is just scandalous. That's, in my that's insane. That is so insane. It's just, it's just a bit mad. And um, I, I just wanted to give props to Rudiger um, because it's just it's just anarchy. Honestly, I just I don't know what they're thinking. Honestly, I, I have no idea what they're thinking. Mm. But yeah, anyway, boys, I think we'll leave it there. But um, thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, make sure that you um, like, share, and um, get involved in the conversation using Touchline Fracas. And um, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Sports Social Podcast Network.